Town Hall Academy, episode 83. I think your outstanding guy is a complete package. I think he's he's a healthy individual who has confidence in what he does. He's not afraid to share that knowledge. His confidence gives him the ability to help others grow without feeling threatened by it. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hello and welcome to the Aftermarket's Town Hall Academy. The panel today shares their perspective on the qualities of outstanding technicians. Carm Capriato, and glad you're here using your favorite podcast listening app as your mobile to listen to these long-form aftermarket interviews. Find so many ways to listen while you are mobile at remarkableresults.biz slash app. Your content catalog has over 400 episodes. So if you're new to the Aftermarket's premier podcast, use the category filter and or the tag cloud found on my website to focus on specific themes and topics. Find the episode you want to listen to and then go mobile and then find that episode. I want to thank Jasper Engines and Transmissions for making the Town Hall Academy free for all aftermarketers. If you're a loyal Jasper customer, you know the answer to this question. So why purchase a Jasper quality remanufactured product? You'll find out it's their people. A Jasper associate is dedicated to high quality customer service, committed to excellence, professional, and has pride of ownership as part of a 100% associate-owned company. Find out more at jasperengines.com. With me for this academy is Matt Fonslow, shop manager, diagnostician, and trainer at Riverside Automotive in Red Wing, Minnesota. Wayne Jerry Bishop, PTS instructor for standard motor products in BWD. And Kevin Eckler, shop owner, foreign car specialists in Poughkeepsie, New York. Listen in on a great dialogue that covers qualities and attributes like passion, precision, pride, perseverance, and humility. This episode is not about being an A, B, or C tech. It is all about other traits that make for an outstanding technician. This discussion relates to just about any other job in a professional service center today. Find the talking points, bios, and links to the panel's previous episodes at remarkableresults.biz slash A083. Now, let's listen to an outstanding Town Hall Academy. So, Matt, what's the cold, hard reality uh, of... uh, why we're talking about this topic. I think we're in dire need of them or more of them is probably the main reason. And then also these academies over time that your, your groups put together is we're talking about cultures and we're talking about career pathing. And I think the road to being an outstanding technician is most definitely a career path. It's so right. In fact, you know, you know, I'm, I'm doing a, a town hall at apex this year on that exact topic we are at a critical, in what I believe is a really critical moment in this industry where, you know, we're really worried about business acumen from owners. But I really think the technician stands side by side in that journey and the commitment that's necessary. Guys, uh, I know your talking points. Let, let's let's dive in. Kevin, let, let's get into, you know, some of the qualities that you feel are necessary. Having been a tech yourself. I think that uh, being an outstanding tech requires having a a strong amount of balance in your life. Uh, You need to know what you're doing. You need to train. Uh, You also need to be grounded. You need to make sure you have personal time to not burn out and become overwhelmed. 
so I think balance is one of the important things. Uh, it keeps you with the burning desire to be excellent at what you're doing uh, without getting fed up with it and frustrated and overwhelmed. So I think balance is kind of a key part in that. Uh, I, I think also that uh, the outstanding techs are the guys that kind of lead in the shop. They, they help develop that culture of, uh, of growth. They not only figure out the hard problems uh, or take on work that others may not want to, but they show the others in the shop how to, uh, how to take that path, how to think in that process, how to have a good discerning way of diagnosing and discovering without just rushing in and creating a disaster. Uh, an outstanding tech will show a younger guy or know how to get something loose or apart rather than snapping it off and trying to figure out how to fix it afterwards. Uh, so they'll have patience and understanding and they'll have a good uh, discernment. So they'll just, they'll know a pathway that they can take quickly uh, without wasting a lot of time running in circles. And they'll have the desire to show and share that knowledge rather than hoarding it to themselves so that they're the superstar and everybody else is just kind of on their coattails. Wayne, you're smiling. You know, Colin, before I was a trainer, I was a tech for 26 years. And I worked in little two-bay hole-in-the-walls. And I worked in 26-bay Taj Mahals, too. And, and I, I know exactly what Kevin is talking about. I've seen that one technician who who thought he knew everything. And if he shared anything, that he'd be giving something away. But to elaborate a little bit of what he was saying, you know, a, a good technician is more than just a good automotive technician. He's a good person. He's a good soul. You know, he's a good citizen. And I think that comes in maturity. And a lot of the young guys, you know, don't have that yet, especially when you start in the shop and you're uh, a flat rate technician. Everything's about hurry, 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 hurry. And, you know, damn the consequences of how I got there. And it takes a while, not only to accumulate knowledge, you know, what you're doing, but, but to have, you know, a level of confidence of what you're doing where you can share and you can, you know, mentor, you know, apprentice technicians and stuff like that, but you don't get overwhelmed by the time clock. Uh, one thing that's happened to me since I've slowed down and become a trainer, time has kind of slowed down for me. And, you know, when I go to somebody's shop, I'm not pressured by the hurry, 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 you know, the, these guys have. And I think sometimes that weighs on, you know, the way they act. But um, I'm sticking with Kevin here. I think you got to be a good a good soul, a good person, you know, and that, that doesn't come early. You have to achieve that over time. It's like wisdom. And don't, you just don't get that when you're 18 years old right out of high school. So we need patience. Absolutely. Listen, let's let's try to separate this out. There are 30-year techs out there, and there are ones that are just starting out. And maybe, you know, and I love what you said, Wayne. You really are saying, hey, listen, it takes time to get to a certain level, but it also mm-hmm. takes a certain quality of person. Yep. And, and so while we're talking, maybe we can, you know, help some of the really good techs that may be struggling with some soft skills. I listened to some of your podcasts last night, Carm. I was driving through the panhandle of Florida and I burned through probably nine of them on my nine pot. And I heard you talk about soft skills and somebody was talking about technicians to roll out of bed and, you know, with a Red Bull and a cigarette showing up for work. And, you know, they're just, you know, a rough kind of guy. But, you know, I worked at a dealership one time. It was Auto Nation USA Megastore. And it was 28 bays. And we had three teams. We had so many technicians, they couldn't all work at one time that somebody had to be off, you know, to share the shop. And we had, like I said, 28 bays. And and, and there was all levels of guys going through there, but they couldn't acquire top-level technicians anywhere. Now, this was 
15, 16 years ago. And I think now the crunch has got even worse that those, those good level technicians just aren't out there. So they would hire oil changers because they were a dime a dozen and they'd give them three months on the oil change rack and they could kind of see what kind of person they'd be just by showing up to change oil and, you know, who would actually put an oil filter on. I mean, our oil change rack had a, an assortment of filters and there was, they were unashamed of it. If the oil filter was too hot or they couldn't get to it, it never got changed. I'm embarrassed to say wow. that, but mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that's, I w- that's how we picked our guy because he came to work, he showed up, he was clean. Uh, he took a shower that morning, he brushed his teeth, you know, he was well-mannered, tucked his shirt in. And uh, if he could hang out there in that old change rack for six months or a year, we'd bring him up into the shop and try to make him a, a C-level technician. I have a concern that the association between outstanding is being equated to like an A-tech. And we can absolutely have an outstanding technician that's a C-tech, a B-tech, an yeah. A-tech. Absolutely. That, uh, you know, they, they can increase their skill levels, but they can still be very much an outstanding employee, outstanding technician. Thanks for breaking that code, Matt. I mean, that's the point I think we want to get across here. We're not talking about competency levels at this moment. I think we're really talking about is, you know, quality stock. Mm-hmm. One of the best technicians I had was my apprentice. You know, I'm, I'm again talking about all nation. I was a lead tech on my team. And I had three, you know, line technicians who worked on, you know, commission. And we had a young buck come up through that old change. And he was he was a good soul, a good boy, you know. And I wish I could have kept up with them over the years, but but that's how you find them. They just they have to be good people inside, you know, and want to work and are, are glad to show up. We talk a lot on the show about taking a, a grad from a post secondary and throwing him out on the lube for a while and breaking him, you know, just breaking him. I, I want to separate what you just said, Wayne. You're not really, you're talking about an inexperienced individual on a Lubrac, not a post-secondary grad, are you? Oh, we've all heard that story, Carl, where a guy comes out of tech school and they give him an oil change and he's busting his, you know, butt trying to take an oil plug out, but he's going the wrong way. Kind of snap on ratchet says on and off on there already, you know. <laughs> Part of our problem is we realize we don't have a career path designed and, you know, we throw the guy and forget about it. You know, we've, we've, we've checked the box. We've filled a slot. And, and I think we all need to be careful of that. And I think that's part of where our discussion is going. How, how do we? We're kind of hypocrites about that. We're kind of hypocrites because we'll market to the public how complex these vehicles are. But now some freshie comes out of two-year school and we throw them and throw them on a task and expect them to be competent. Well, I think that's where your outstanding guy comes in. Yes. I, I think that your outstanding guy sees the potential um, and helps grow and foster that in them because they don't have to have the immediate knowledge, but they have to have the desire to learn and the basic mechanical aptitudes to be able to complete the task. And you're right. The outstanding guy doesn't have to be the lead guy. He could just be somebody that's in the shop that has a very calming presence about them or just a confidence that they, hey, I don't know everything, but I know how to do this. And let me show you what I do know. And hey, let's grow this together. They help promote the positive culture and they keep, it's one of the reasons why I'm independent versus the times that I spent in the dealership. There were guys that were talented, but there was a culture of chaos and I think your outstanding guys show up, in my opinion, in the independent area and in that they have in the right atmospheres the ability to really foster a, a positive 
kind of growing learning environment and they can shine in their personalities rather than just being pushed into a machine process, chaos, uh, self-survival kind of environment. If your customer has a vehicle they like, they shouldn't have to get rid of it because the engine, transmission, or differential failed. You know, because you and your customer know the vehicle maintenance, there's no reason they can't keep it on the road. Depreciation, license, insurance, interest, add them all up and they'll probably total more than it would cost to install a remanufactured product from Jasper Engines and Transmissions. Personal finances only go so far. Daily living expenses, college for the kids, and, as we all hope, retirement. So before your customer rushes out to buy a new or a newer used vehicle because their engine or transmission has failed, contact Jasper and find out how a remanufactured product from Jasper Engines and Transmissions can extend the life of your customer's present vehicle for an amount much less than the higher expenses that come with a vehicle trade. Give their vehicle a new lease on life with Jasper. Don't we want outstanding technicians to look for outstanding shops to work for? They're going to have to. (laughs) Well, they'll find it. Because an outstanding technician, he wants an outstanding place to work at. Yeah. As part of his as part of his total package, he wants pay, he wants prestige, and he wants a place to work at. I love it. You, everybody's dropping these P words, and here's what I'd love to do. I would, I'll have to tell you, the talking points from everyone included all these P words, passion, precision, pride, perseverance, penitence, pondering, proactivity. Let's just define the outstanding technician, and let's just take the word passion, guys. What kind of passion do we need to work for and be an outstanding technician? You got to have a fire in your belly. I mean, I think that's why passion keeps being brought up is you have to have that fire in your belly to be outstanding or um, to reach a high skill level on whatever task you're doing. And it's not limited to auto repair. We're just in that industry and that's why we're talking about it. But it's you have to have that fire in your belly to every day show up do your best, take away, you know, every lesson. Hopefully there's another outstanding tech there to guide you and, you know, mouth shut, ears open. And, uh, you know, that passion just spills over, not just to the task at hand, but on the way home, thinking about the day, you know, could I have done this better? You know, yes, I fixed this car. I fixed it under the, you know, under the time. Um, it was a good repair, but could I have done it better? Um, could I have figured this car out a little bit faster? Did I have to do this test? Should I have done this test? You know, uh, analyzing, you know, being a little self analytical or critical, I think is very, very important. I think that's maybe one of the big things that separates a you know, outstanding tech from a, I think that self criticism or being critical of yourself is a huge difference between the outstanding tech and the others. Yeah. Pride goes a long way too, karma kind of chime in on what Matt said, you know, I did a lot of diagnostic work and, you know, sometimes you didn't make as much money. You didn't get paid for the time you spent, but at the end of the day, you fixed it. And I think a lot of guys at that level, they like the fact they repaired a car nobody else could fix. Huh, and, uh, and and that goes a long way because they wanted to fix it, you know, and, and they did and they succeeded. I had that, I had pride in uh, my list, I think. And that's a really good angle. The angle I was taking when I wrote it down was pride in your workmanship. Mm-hmm. You know, that car's not leaving until it's done right and caring about your quality. 
yeah. uh, of work. That that kind of pride because that spills over everywhere. That that's a business builder. When it, when everybody takes pride in what they're doing, that benefits everybody under that roof. Pride goes a long way in having a zero comeback uh, rule, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, you'd be surprised, you know, even when I teach classes, you know, the simple concept of verifying your repair. You know, sometimes you see a, a broken part and it's obvious, but did you go ahead and test it anyway when you got done, you know, and, and things like that go a long way. And that's what a good technician will do. He'll spend an extra 15, 20 minutes and, and know that he's fixed it. He knows he's repaired it, you know. We don't often test drive a car, you know, post-repair, but sometimes it's 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 a, a deed that's well-served when you do it. Kevin, pr- did pride go a long way in your career as a technician? I think it did in a, in a point, but it also has to be balanced with humility. I think that you have to be humble enough to not be arrogant. You have to be confident in what you do. Yeah, when you're successful, it helps you build confidence in what you're doing. And each time you're successful and you learn different paths and different processes, it, it definitely helps building confidence and you feel proud of the work that you do. And I think that it's it's very good to be proud of, of putting forth the effort and accomplishing, but you need to not become arrogant in that because when you become arrogant, you destroy the culture and you stop the growth of other people uh, compared to gaining the knowledge of being humble enough to share it. Uh, well, humility comes with wisdom too. And you get that over time. You know, when I was a young buck, I was a knucklehead. You couldn't tell me nothing, but you know, I didn't get that way till I was probably in my forties and I realized I'm a humble man and I, you know, it, it changes. That's something that comes to maturity. And not to take this off track, but I just want to mention that while we're talking about this and continue this um, path of discussion, think about the outstanding shop and the not outstanding shop. The outstanding shop is going to promote this type of a environment that you were discussing. The not outstanding shop is going to drive these outstanding techs out. Yeah. It's it's not, it's not quantum physics. Well, we all say there's a shortage in techs, create create and foster an environment where they're drawn to it instead of driving them away. I love your words, guys. Uh, precision. Does precision come into a, uh, is a great adjective for an outstanding tech? It sure does. Yeah, you want to be accurate, you know, in everything you do. And that that's kind of ties in with pride a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you want to be precise on what you're doing. You want things to leave the right way, you know, bolts torqued, um, stuff aligned the way it's supposed to be aligned, or your diagnostic routine is leading you to the, root cause in a, you know, reasonably efficient manner and being, being accurate, you know, being right. Uh, so I think precision is a very, very uh, important thing to possess and to strive for. Maybe more important to strive for, Down especially to, if you're starting on your way, you know, progressing. You're always trying to achieve yeah. higher and higher. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You take that down to like no fingerprints on the fenders and no big greasy footprints on the mats too. Uh, yes. Yeah. They, they pay attention to the little details that know that those things matter because a great fix and a greasy floor will probably yep. not return a customer. You know, you're right. You're right, Kevin. That, that's that's one of the things I, I learned a long time ago. You know, yeah. customers don't beat you up because you didn't fix the car. They beat you up because there's grease on my, on my steering wheel. Yeah. And, and and I kept a bottle of all-purpose cleaner hanging off my buggy, you know, just, just because of stuff like that. Yeah. yeah it's always the little things that'll, that'll they remind you of. I have to tell you, I love the correlation that you're building. Outstanding shop, outstanding tech. 
I love the correlation because if we were trying to create an uncopyable experience for the customer, it it, it drives from that front from that walk in the door to to the wrench that's selected to do the job right. Let me give you this relation. I'm in Disney World right now. It is not a cheap vacation. Why am I here? Because everybody here is friendly. They treat you like you're welcome and you belong. Uh, they create an atmosphere where you have the best possible experience. So people line up and wait for hours to hand them all their money because it is the best experience that they can provide for you. Are, are we providing that for our techs and are we providing that for our customers? Uh, I often look back and use Disney as my model as to, are we doing that same kind of thing? Because that business model really works in so many avenues in life. And here I am, you know, living that proof. So, yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of honesty involved there, right? Absolutely. Looking yourself in the mirror as a manager, as an owner, looking yourself in the mirror as a technician, you know, am I even putting myself in a position to be, outstanding at what I do. And as a owner manager, am I creating an environment that actually promotes having multiple outstanding technicians? Yeah. Am I leading in such a way where I'm doing a a halfway kind of job, but expecting my guys to give everything that they have it be outstanding, but I'm not, or am I really trying to set that? You're, You're absolutely right. You need to be in a, where good enough isn't, uh, it can't be good enough. It has to be the best that it can be. Can we create outstanding technicians by doing uh, some really good, sincere, quarterly re- personal reviews? Yeah. You, you can't create one, but you can promote okay. a tech wanting to become one. I'll change my word. We can, we I know can, I'm twisting your help, words no, a We can help groom a, 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 a person at, at, in any position, really outstanding service advisor, writer, shop manager, doesn't matter. But that, you know, as the owner of a shop, if we're, if we have an outstanding shop and we're, we're trying to groom outstanding people and, you know, the whole twist on the word outstanding technicians fill in the blank technicians or whatever. How, how do we create outstanding? Because the things that we're talking about today, passion, precision, pride, perseverance, proactivity those those, that works for everybody it works for me and my job wayne you and yours kevin you as a ceo of your business yeah but and i didn't mean to like hand slap you on that That it was just but it's very important oh i get it yeah i I totally get it man thank you uh we we always work so well together sometimes i go i ying and and you help me yang I mean, what goal? your goals are no good if you don't have a process or a way to measure them. How do your guys know if they're on their right path, if they're headed towards outstanding, if they're, if they're you know, going the right direction, if you aren't in contact with them, whether it's weekly meetings or just coming up alongside your guy going, hey, that was a great repair, or did you think about doing it this way next time? Uh, so the goals are great, but you need to have measurements along the way uh, so they know that they're on the right pathway and they're growing the right direction. So I, I agree with that. It's very important. So I've, I've done some interviews and in some of the younger techs that are out there in the industry say, yeah, I know I, I know this car, a couple of cars coming in tomorrow. I know we've got some really big issues going on. There's, there's an area that I'm not quite sure of. And when I go home, I do some research. Is, is it really that necessary to be an outstanding technician to do that? Goes along with the passion. Hmm? If you care about it, I mean, you need to have a balance so you have kind of personal time to keep your head clear. But yeah, absolutely. If you got something going on, learn about it. 
Do you miss being in the bays as much as you were, Kevin? I'm still in the bays a lot. You are? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh. I'm in the bays. Lisa Kate takes care of the front, and I'm mostly overseeing and working and keeping things going in that direction. So let me put you on the spot, man. Go right ahead. Are you building outstanding people, technicians? I am trying uh, as best as I can, and I think I've got a real solid group of guys. Uh, I have guys that want to be good at what they do, and I think it's really important to say, hey, you're doing great with this. You did, you know, you did fantastic with this. Or sometimes it's, hey, let's try it this way next time. Or, you know, I, I try to encourage them to, to go where they can go. Every now and then I don't respond so quickly to give them the impetus to kind of push themselves a little bit but it's never shutting somebody off. It's always we work as a team for the better good. Okay, so let me let me give you another trick question. It's right not about their competency right now. It's about their people skills and all the things we're talking about. Think of, the, 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 think of one of your techs. Uh, give us one idea of something that that individual needs to work on. Don't, don't give me a name, just uh, out of all the P words we've been talking about. That's tough trying to pick them down because they've, They've got really good skill sets. Okay. Uh, Passion, precision, yeah. perseverance. We have a detail guy on, on staff, and he makes sure everything's washed, waxed, and clean when it goes through. And he's working in the bays right now because he wants to be a tech. So he's learning stuff. He's picking up online training classes. He goes to training with us. He's you know I'm providing a tool set to do stuff with. He's growing. Uh, I've got a younger guy that is... He's following along the same kind of path as I did when I was younger. He started out just with a lot of knowledge and passion, and he's gaining skill along the way. Uh, I've got a, a gentleman that's, that's closer to my age that's pretty well refined and is just, you know, advancing himself in, in scope abilities and, and higher level diagnostics. So I, I can't really say, you know, we all just kind of foster and feed off of each other uh, when when one of the guys finds something that's really interesting or a good learning point, he kind of brings the other guys over and, Hey, did you know this? And I found this and this is why, and this is how it's going. Uh, I don't really focus on their weaknesses so much as encouraging their strengths. So it's not, I don't have like on the forefront of my mind, like, boy, this guy really stinks at that. And he's got to work better on that. It's so sorry. I don't have a great answer for you on that. Cause we've all got our flaws, but they've got really great strengths. Uh, we could all use a little more patience every now and then. It happens, but it's not a, a tool throwing shop because that's not tolerated and we don't thrash on each other. Uh, we're more like a family, I would say. Wayne, you, you are in such an interesting position being out in front of so many outstanding technicians in your, in your class. That's who you continue to see all the time, am I right? Mostly because usually the outstanding technician is the one who wants to go to school, but then again, I have technicians who are forced to go to school. And I got, you know, employees that are paid to go to my class. So they show up and eat barbecue and, you know, turn their back on me too. So I, I still see quite often a mixed bag. Yeah. So for the most part, I like to think a, an excellent technician or outstanding technician. He's in my class every every time I come show up. And they don't care what I'm teaching. They just come to class. It's considered a part of the, the job. Describe that person to me. He's generally uh, a mature individual. You know, he's probably already in his 40s by now, although occasionally I get some, you know, some of the young bucks out there too. But they come to the point where they realize they, they don't know it all. You know, and I use the expression sometimes that some technicians don't know what they don't know. And they just, like my sales force, will go out there and talk about a class coming up and they go, 
well, I already know how to work on Chevrolets because they think they're still working on 350 Chevrolets. You know, they don't even understand what's underneath the hood of a late model car. But the ones who do show up, like I said, they do it because they want to and they want to, you know, you know, bring up their game and increase their skill set. And almost all I teach is is diagnostic, you know, techniques and, you know, how to read wiring diagrams and use service information and use a scan tool and, you know, use your lab scope and your meter and everything more effectively instead of guessing and putting parts in a car because yeah. a lot of technicians became technicians. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a tech of the seventies in 1979. I went to work the day after I graduated high school and I worked in my daddy's shop for, you know, the previous two years anyway. But if you have mechanical aptitude, you were a mechanic because they with nuts and bolts, but I wanted to be an electrician. So I went to junior college and took industrial electricity and electronics and uh, little by little, you know, cars started having electronic ignition and computer feedback and stuff like that. So I, I blended the two together and it helped. But can you imagine a young guy today, you know, coming out to a shop and it's not just a little bit of electricity. It's a lot of electricity. So, uh, yeah, they, these guys want to keep their skill set up. They want to understand new technology and it's, it's, it's changing rapidly. You know, you got cars that will be, you know, driving by themselves any day now. And uh, it, it's a it's a whole different frontier out there. The nuts and bolts guys are starting to are fade away, and I've had some old timers just flat tell me there's enough timing belts and you know brakes and water pumps they don't have to worry about this anymore. You know their time is you know within sight. But this new generation of guys they they have to stay current. And they want to stay current. And that's what's going to make them an outstanding technician. But again, you still got to be an outstanding person. You got to be a good soul on the inside. I think. As you say, the face of the company. They've got to be able to wear a great face for the company. Yeah, there's some technicians. You don't want them to you talk to customers. You know, I worked in dealerships and independents, you know, and in the dealership world, you could hide behind the wall if you wanted to, and you never had to face a customer. And probably one of the good things about an independent shop is everybody was friendly, and they'd come out there in the shop and talk to you while you worked on the car sometimes. But there are some boys at the dealership, you, you didn't really want them to come up there to the service aisle. And Lord help them, someone can't pick the phone up and, and and talk reasonable and give an estimate and, you know, a status update on the car. We talked about work-life balance earlier. I, you all did. How will an outstanding technician learn to, to manage that? And does the shop foreman, the shop manager, or the owner, how, how much are they responsible to make that happen too? I can tell you from my personal experience, my hobby is the same thing I did for a living for years and years. I worked on cars all day long, and when the shop closed, I worked on my own night after night after night. And uh, I learned that you burn out to it, and you need a hobby separate from what you do every day for a living. Uh, so I try to share that knowledge with my guys. So I think some of that balance is going to come from the older guys that have learned the hard lessons and suffered uh, failures and damages in their own life. Uh, and they're going to pass that on, hopefully, so that the younger guys don't repeat those. You know, I wouldn't necessarily call them mistakes, but it's really easy to burn out when this is all you do 24 hours a day. Uh, so I think some of the burden is on us as older guys to share that with the younger guys to keep them on the right path. That's why we play golf, right? You fish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of like a father figure. You take the younger guys up under your wing and you try to teach them the lessons in life that you've learned. Uh, both as far as skills of the trade and, and ways to keep your head clear. Because if your head is all muddled, you can't think clearly in the in the game the next day. Wayne, you said something so interesting a little bit ago. You said 40-year-old. By the time maybe you get to be 40, you've got some humility. And it's so tough to learn that. 
Um, but I have seen some, you know, millennial, some, you know, late 20, 30 somethings that have it. It's always exceptions, Carl. Where is that coming from? Uh, an early on commitment, a, a higher level of maturity at a young age? Well, it could be, you know, everybody comes from different backgrounds and there's no absolutes in life anywhere, you know, and, and some people just are, are good souls right off the bat. They probably had excellent parenting and, and a good schools and, you know, maybe they were Christians and they, and they know the right path, you know, they're, they're good citizens or good souls and they, they do it because they want to, not because they have to. And, and I'm not saying a good technician is not necessarily an outstanding technician. Uh, certainly a shop can benefit from a, a, a good, solid, average technician and it goes a long way to helping the shop out but that 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 outstanding technician has that little extra you know something and i don't think you, you get that when you're when you're 22 years old you know i, I was in my 20s one time too i remember those days and i'm not saying it could happen i mean sure it can but but a lot of this comes with age and wisdom and that's something you just can't get you have to earn it how about assigning a mentor mentor's great uh, again i'm, I'm going to relate my story of my apprentice that I had back at, at Otter Nation many, many years ago. Uh, I never had a shop that gave me a chance to have an apprentice. I was a master. He, he come right out of oil change rack and, you know, he, he was a good soul anyway, but uh, those were two good years I had with that young man right there because, you know, he wasn't freaked out by flat rate. The, the shop was still paying him an hourly, you know, salary so he didn't have the stress and he could buy a few tools here and there nothing special but he had a few tools and he of course used my tools most of the time and um if it starts out with just having him pull door panels off for me and we could you know put a power window motor in or he could you know button up something when i got done or he'd put the scan tool on there and have the codes pulled for me and he'd write them down on the back of the ro that's that's the little baby steps you had to take. And then when you got done, you know, he'd be my official test drive guy and he'd drive it for me and tell me what happened. And we would scan it one more time just to make sure. But uh, most shops don't have that luxury. They don't because in the small shops I worked at, it was just go, go, go. And I hate to say it, but sometimes it was dog eat dog too. I kind of want to touch on something you said right in there. And that is that I think it's up to the shop owner to, to foster that kind of, you know, in pay, if you're flat rating a guy, it's really hard for him to be outstanding because you're pushing him away from being the best he can be to be the fastest. I think as shop owners, I think it's really important to have pay, pay plans and incentives and such in place that, that give the guys something to strive for. They strive for being excellent rather than just fast because exactly. your, your customer base is going to grow as your guys become excellent and your work is excellent. And that's how a business is going to reap the benefits from that. And you're not going to just push a guy to shortcut, cut corners and do other things. Um, yep. You, you promote him to be outstanding by creating a, a healthy pay, a, a, a great atmosphere, a good culture. So yeah, the, the flat rate guy, I don't know if you're going to, you know, I might be completely wrong on this, but I don't know if you're going to get as many outstanding flat rate guys as you would guys that are incentivized or just paid very well for what they do. I was going to say flat rate probably killed a lot of technicians' careers. Yeah. Yeah, you want to incentive guys and reward them. And I think the younger guys really want to feel that they're an important part of something. They want to feel like they're contributing to things. So if they feel they're just, you know, constantly getting beaten down or watching the older guys rack up clock hours while they get, you know, whatever that doesn't in you know, or why would you take on something hard if you can bang all the brakes and the shocks out? Why would you be any better if you're just the parts replacement guy? You know, 
we as owners need to foster that environment that creates the desire in these guys to be the best that they can be. You know, that could be a whole topic right there. He's absolutely right. And somebody even chatted on this little thing over here on the side about how flat rate's almost a, it's probably poison. It's not a good thing to our industry, but you know, and again, I'll use a dealership, you know, after a while you do the same repair over and over and over again, you can complete, yeah. but you know, an independent shop sometimes it's, it's tough. Yeah, that's where your theories are more important than your practical knowledge mm-hmm. on one particular thing. You might do a heater core on one thing and never see it again for another four years. Uh, so your practical knowledge and understanding the systems and the operations is more important than knowing exactly where each nut and bolt is. You know, so flat rate helps with the, the knowing the nut, bolt, and the wrench size. Uh, but I think a good solid pay, a good encouragement comes from the guys understanding the operations and the theories in there because it rewards them for knowing and understanding how things work, not just how fast you can bolt and unbolt a water pump in there. I love the chatter. Um, I'm, I'm actually trying to pay attention to our guys and, and follow it as completely as I can, but Shari Pheasant's on with us, and she is lighting up the chat board. Thank you, Shari. Matt, the value of networking in, in outstanding technicians. Uh, invaluable. Uh, it probably goes in, uh, hand in hand a little bit with the mentorship, mm-hmm. uh, finding a mentor and that's networking. The mentor may be in the shop with you. He may be at a different shop near you. He may, or she may be somebody you met at a training conference and who now you kind of strive to be like, or more easily from a diagnostic standpoint, maybe I attend a Wayne Bishop class. We lost you again, Matt. Really? Yeah. You guys must be doing a really big update in the shop or something. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> They're flashing a car. You yeah, don't realize something happened. Flashing. BMW. <laughs> yeah. Programming a BMW. Must be knocking on the door, Matt. We got a problem out here. But, but I, I love what you just said. Let me let me just challenge your thinking. Ment, uh, networking to, to develop a network or to create a, a network of, as you said, diagnostic challenges, but it, how about the, the soft skills and the people skills? Can, can, it, can, can a mentor bring that network? In, in yeah, network? I, I, absolutely. I think just networking with other technicians um, and getting their points of view, learning more about their environments, their approaches, not even just to the cars, to customers, it comes up, right? You, you're networking, essentially you're befriending a certain group. And uh, I like you know, I'd like to toss in mentorship because of something a, a friend of ours said, uh, Pete Landry, about uh, mentorships. Maybe somebody you want to strive to be more like, uh, where networking is maybe more, you know, learning from one another. Um, that, that, that's bits great, and pieces. That's a, that's a great point. Uh, ha- has any of you ever had someone within your network and they say, listen, I got to talk to you. Something happened today with my service advisor and the customer and I handled it wrong. It has nothing to do with a diagnostic issue, but it had to do with a personal issue and the behavior, if you will. Anything like that ever come across your desks? Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to run into stuff like that. You you can't, through the course of time, not have those situations. Uh, I think the, the benefit of those is being honest enough with yourself to admit that, hey, I didn't do that as well as I could have. And from my side, if you condemn your guy, he may not share it the next time. But if you come up alongside him and go, hey, you know, I understand I've made, I've made mistakes myself. This is what I've learned from my situation. How about, you know, how do you think we could do it better next time? What do you think we should try? Uh, which, you know, 
don't condemn them for their mistakes. Because if you're honest with yourself and you're not being hypocritical, you've made them yourselves. So, you know, encourage you guys to be better and, and work through it and talk through it. Kind of like whiteboarding it. Um, yeah. And not limiting your networking to just, you know, if you're a technician, limiting your networking to technicians. True. It's, I think, very wise to try to network with managers and shop owners. Because maybe you do reach out to them. You, you maybe had a little knock them out, drag them out argument with your boss. And you're ranting and raving to this person you've met or befriended. And now they can say, hey, let's look at this from your, you know, your boss's point of view. You know, maybe you're right, but let's look at it from his point of view or her point of view. Now, next day or you know, maybe it's the weekend, you go in the, the following work day and sit down and it's a whole different conversation because of a conversation you had with a friend that you networked with. Yeah. Allow me yeah, to be the devil's advocate for you. Right? I mean, that's healthy. If, very. again, it goes back to what Wayne said earlier, if the humility is there, if you've learned to be humble, and you know, and, and, and you know that every day is a learning curve and a learning moment for yourself uh, in your trek to be totally and completely outstanding. Wow, this was great. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to give each of you a chance to, you know, speak to any of your talking points uh, here at the end. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm happy with where this went, guys. I, I, I thank you for this great, great dialogue. So let's go around the room and give you each a chance to cover something that maybe you didn't uh, in your talking points. Kevin, let me start with you. And by the way, thanks for taking such important family time at Frontier Village. Is that where you are? Uh- it's Fort Wilderness. Uh, Fort Wilderness. In, yes, it's a big campground at Disney. Yeah, and uh, I got to say, I talked to my kids before we did this, and uh, they said, no, Dad, I think it's important that you do this. So it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to take off and do this. It was We talked about it, and they felt it was important. It was three weeks ago. Kevin said, hey, listen, I'm going to be at Disney, but let me check with the family. <laughs> he got approval. Thank you. And I appreciate them for understanding and respecting what I do. Uh, on that line, I think good communication, uh, honesty, uh, that's where the balance in life comes in. Because my family keeps me, they keep my desire within me. Uh, they keep the passion going to, to excel at work. Uh, if, I, if I excel at work and I excel at what I do, I can take good care of my family. Uh, I don't come home frustrated and angry, annoyed, uh, where I see them at an event, but I come home and I'm happy to see them. You know, I may take time off to, to research and do different things, but they're kind of my, they're my grounding point where I keep myself solid. Uh, I refresh myself. And I think that's really important. Uh, it helps me want to do the best that I can do to be the best that I am. And, and if I have a healthy family life, I kind of promote that family atmosphere at the shop uh, where the guys feel safe to talk to each other, where you can excel in, in you encourage each other rather than you're frustrated and you're looking to pick down on each other. Like, Oh, you did this wrong. You did that bad. I I don't like this. It's more like, Hey, you did a great job with this. You know, you can look at it from two different angles and you can help the guys grow and foster and you can build that desire within them to be the, the best that they can be. I think your outstanding guy is a complete package. I think he's, he's a healthy individual who has confidence in what he does. He's not afraid to share that knowledge. His confidence gives him the ability to help others grow without feeling threatened by it. And uh, I think he contributes all the way around in the shop. Uh, he's not just a good tech. 
you're right. He's a great citizen. He's a great person inside. He helps other people. Maybe when they're feeling off balance or they're having a bad day, he comes alongside them and helps them see the bigger picture, not just the bad moment at that time. Uh, so uh, I think an outstanding tech is a great person with great balance, great values, um, and a burning desire to be the, the best they can be and, and kind of grow that in other people as well. Well said, Kevin. Thank you. Wayne. It's hard to go uh, go after Kevin, what he said. That was, that was, that was awesome, Kev. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to steal everything. I, I think my dad built that into me. What you said is, is, is dead on, you know, and I think a young man needs to learn how to be humble early in life. Uh, I think you'll get that later on, but you should start out trying to be humble. Uh, don't try to be the, the butthead in the shop and, and know you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Learn from all your failures and how to do something better next time or what I could have, you know, changed about it and be truthful straight up, you know, especially with your, your management, the service writer and stuff like that. And if, if something's beyond your skill level, just don't, don't fake it, you know, just if you have to pass on it, pass on it. But yeah, you know, it's more important to be a good person than a greedy person. And I think that's what separates to somebody trying to make a dollar than somebody whose ultimate goal is to be that, that, you know, most outstanding technician. He could go on yeah. to be a service writer or a shop owner, you yeah. know, himself. So, uh, I'll also second your, uh, get away and disconnect. You know, um, I went from bowling to golf and now I'm, it's all about fishing, but you got to have something different to do once in a while yeah. and enjoy what you do mm-hmm. and like it and, and fix cars because you want to, not because you have to. Yeah. Amen. You did good. Thank you, Wayne. Wow, two real hammers here at the end. Matt, no pressure. Now, let me just... <laughs> let me just... Uh, there's been so many comments, but I, I'm catching the last couple. Uh, from Wade Maines, mentor in skill sets outside of automotive repair. Now, that's great advice. And also, Shari Pheasant says, so she's assigning this to his sh- her shop to watch at lunchtime. Now, w- what's really cool is, of course, this video will live in Facebook. Uh, just click save, save the video, and then, you know, and play it. Uh, and of course, the video will be repurposed next Wednesday, so you can watch it on my YouTube channel anytime. Thanks for being here. I'm going to give you the last word, Matt, but I'm going to say thank you to everyone. Kevin Eckler from Foreign Car Specialist, Poughkeepsie, New York, temporarily in Orlando. Uh, Wayne Bishop, a PTS instructor, Standard Motor Products, and uh, hitting a cleanup for us right now. Matt Fonslow, shop manager, diagnostician, and trainer from Riverside Automotive, Red Wing, Minnesota. Matt, you have the last word. Just one word? That was three. <laughs> Come one thing to elaborate on the the mentorship thing is that one bad thing about mentor is it's a singular word, but I think it's hard to find one particular individual that you can pattern everything after. You, you find multiple people with different aspects of their personalities or skill sets that you want to, um, you know, mimic. Or uh, one thing I wanted to talk to, or mention was something Wayne mentioned earlier is uh, as technicians, we're on a moving walkway. But we're not going in the same direction as the walkway. We're going, you know, upstream. And the issue is you have to keep training to just maintain, to stay current. And then the rest of all these keywords that we're throwing around are what keep you working up that, you know, uh, against that uh, moving walkway and moving further ahead. Uh, so we didn't mention proactivity, but as technicians, you need to be proactive about getting your training. Um, and it, 
may come out of your own pocketbook for a while, but it's worth every bit of it. Yep. Thank you, Outstanding Performance. What separates outstanding technicians? Tunnel Academy. Labor Day weekend, USA 2018. Enjoy it. Absolutely. Be good. Thank you, Carm. Talk soon. Carm, thank you. Thanks again for all you do, brother. You're a good guy. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 